When Jay Parrish preached on July 4, his sermon title was An Acceptable Year. And when I first saw that title, I immediately knew the title for this sermon today. It rarely happens to me that way, but I'm grateful. An acceptable return. And I'll speak from three different contexts. During our recent vacation to the Pine Creek Valley in Lycoming County, Pennsylvania, our 50-year-old, 6-foot, 230-pound nephew, a day before his scheduled return to Arizona, suffered a compound fracture and dislocation of his lower leg. About a dozen of our family had traveled 10 miles by car and one half mile alongside a, an isolated creek to a pool of water with a rope swing. That was the attraction. We want to go to this rope swing. It sounds like fun. So the one half mile walk back to the site is a narrow, wet, uneven path on the side of the creek. That part was uneventful until Lance slipped as he was crossing the creek to the rope and fell. Under these extreme circumstances, with ambulance help 45 minutes away at best, what's an acceptable return for this man? In Exodus 18, we find Moses also operating under extreme, extreme circumstances. He's doing his best to provide a return for the Hebrew people from 400 years of living mostly in slavery. And I quote, the whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses, so much so that they wanted to go back to Egypt where at least they had food to eat. Somehow they forgot about the slavery part. And they said, if only we had died. Can you imagine saying that? If only we had died by the hand of the Lord back there, where we sat and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out to this wilderness to kill us all. Enter Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, who upon returning Moses' family to him, observes that Moses is about to fall on a steep bank of stressful leadership demands. Isn't this the case that outsiders, that new people to a, to a workplace or a congregation can observe what is going on and then ask with curiosity about how and why things are done? I mean, it's what interim pastors do all the time. It's what new people bring to committees, and it's my conviction that we need not wait for new people to have a lot of experience in our congregation, but we intentionally invite them to participate rather than tell them, well, you haven't been with us long enough to help. You don't know what's going on. And Jethro fits this description to a T, doesn't he? He asks Moses, what is this you're doing for the people? Why do you sit alone, and all the people stand around you from morning till evening. So I don't know about you, but I imagine people standing in long lines, dry, dusty, hot, windy conditions, 
children crying, people not wanting to leave line, their line because they have to go to the toilet or get a drink of water. They don't want to lose their place. And Moses replies with a classic traditional response. This is how we do kind of, this is how we do things answer. And I quote, because the people come to me to inquire of God, when they have a dispute, they come to me and I decide between one person and another, and I make known to them the statutes and instructions of God. I mean, after all, he confronted Pharaoh's power and all the, all the powers of Egypt to help set the people free. And the people need him, don't they? Jethro doesn't let up. I like this guy. What you're doing is not good. You will surely wear yourself out, both you and these people with you. The task is too heavy. You cannot do it alone. Fast forward several millenniums to our context at East Chestnut Street Mennonite Church and a nearly completed sabbatical for Todd and Jeanette and Jasmine. So what might an acceptable return look like for them and for us? Sabbatical is an important part of congregational life for both pastor and we congregants. It's one of the most effective ways for clergy and congregations to develop and maintain a long-term relationship. It's a vital ingredient. The church that cares for its pastor actually cares for itself. As one pastor described, it's been a great sabbatical, valuing the time, not the to-do list while I was away. So now Todd and Danette and Jasmine are about to return. Todd is in his office Tuesday. We'll see him next Sunday, and he first preaches on August 15th. So again, I ask, what's it like? What's it like for a congregation to receive a pastor from her sabbatical? And what makes it acceptable for them and for us? For Lance, our nephew, an acceptable return only occurred with the help of his extended family. He was in turn carried and then floated on an inner tube, carried again, then about 30 feet up a steep creek path to a vehicle. He returned to our cabin for his ID and insurance papers and off to Wells, Wellsboro Hospital, UPMC related. Surgery that evening, casting Sunday morning, drove back to Philadelphia. Well, he didn't drive, uh, Amy drove, his wife and two daughters back to Philadelphia Sunday evening and flew back to Phoenix on Monday morning. A weekend, a weekend to remember, to say it mildly. And so it was not the return he expected, but it was an acceptable return under these extreme circumstances. What about Moses? What worked to lead the people in Egypt was not working to lead them on this return trip. We already heard that Moses listened to his father-in-law and did all that he said. He chose men from all kinds of areas to be available for small groups of people to make decisions and large groups and so forth. And he would take care of the major cases and they the minor ones. 
Back to our context. One of the beautiful things about sabbatical is that people who have not preached often, who have never preached, are given opportunity to do so. And so among other people, not just to say these two people, but Kate Good and Jay Parrish and others have pointed out in sermons in one way or another that what works pre-COVID or pre-sabbatical does not always work afterwards. Does not always work afterwards. So with this question, I reached out to some local Mennonite pastors for their take on my question, what's an acceptable return for congregations and for pastors? For Todd and Danette and Jasmine, here are some comments. Take it slow upon returning. One pastor shared, it was time with family that was the best and most important part of my sabbatical. Lots of folks don't realize the strain that being a pastor puts on a family. Last evening, Loretta and I sat with Danette and Todd for a while, and he shared that very thing. Many meaningful moments and times with his extended family and hers as well. Furthermore, what does it mean for Todd and Danette and Jasmine? Another pastor wrote, returning from sabbatical may be even more difficult than going on one. It may be difficult to get back in touch with the total situation, especially all at once, which is really impossible. Consider an adjustment period when Todd is returning. So I was glad to see that Todd chose not to preach next Sunday. He's going to preach the 15th. And uh, that's a bit of a way to provide some cushion. And then here's a quote from one a, a seminary professor who once said, it is not possible to board a moving train with a perpendicular leap. I've never tried that, but I can imagine what happened. I do a face plant against the boxcar. Therefore, the pastor needs to run alongside for a while to catch up with the church's momentum. And so while advanced planning is necessary to leave, it's no less important upon returning. A couple more comments from the pastors about Todd and Danette or any pastor returning. One said, returning is a little bit like coming back from vacation. You're so happy to be back in your own bed and your own familiar space, but you miss the more relaxed setting of vacation. I've heard, and I confess, that I thought that coming back from COVID to in-house worship. Kind of like those leisurely Sunday mornings for a while. How about you? But I also liked coming back at Zoom time last November, but we were all together in it. And I especially like even more of being back in person. The pastor also needs to remember that the congregation was not on sabbatical. That's an interesting point, isn't it? And it's true. We were not. A congregation changes. A pastor changes. The pastor has missed some highlights in these three months, of which Todd will only hear after the fact. And so a public report from the pastor is good to let the congregation know the time away was restorative, enlightening, and that will be shared in various times and places, not just in a sermon. But what about us as a congregation? East Chestnut Street Mennonite Church, how can we contribute to an acceptable return? Well, here are some comments from these pastors and a couple of my own. 
help Todd understand what's been happening in the congregation while he's been out of the office, but not all at the same time and not every detail. In sharing with Todd and Danette last evening, Todd said, just give me the Reader's Digest version the first week. As a congregation and leaders in congregation, give grace and some space, realizing that there will be many, many things on Todd's plate demanding attention, and he won't be able to get to everything and everyone right away. Giving space and time to answer emails and clear off his desk before he jumps into other items. Stand close to Todd. Support him in case there are unhealthy things have arisen in the congregation over the past several months. And share what God is doing without handing off all the responsibilities we took on in Todd's absence. And here's the one I really like. Celebrate the church didn't fall apart when Todd was gone. I don't think we fell apart. Recall how East Chestnut Street did well during the sabbatical. And then finally, find ways to say welcome back. Mim has already shared one in worship and other settings just to say we're glad you returned. And even though we had some difficult moments, we're glad to see you back. Oh, I missed one. My favorite one from this pastor. I would also remind them, meaning us as a congregation, that the Holy Spirit did not go on sabbatical. How about that one? Well, this pastor writes, well, she did, but she didn't leave East Chestnut Street unattended. East Chestnut Street remained in her care as always. Which brings us to the little short account that we read from Luke 4 about Jesus returning. He's been baptized. He's been out in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. He's under the care of the Spirit in those days of fasting. And what happens next? He emerges from that experience with temptations to quickly fix everything in front of him. The illustration given was just to make bread out of those stones. Quickly fix everything for his own benefit. Just as there are temptations for Jesus in Luke 4, there are temptations for us as a congregation and for Todd. One pastor wrote, I have concern for Todd that the congregation will dump on him their frustrations and fears of life related to the pandemic. I hear too much of these days that pastors who haven't been from pastors who haven't been on a sabbatical. My own take on asking that question, being tempted to run to Todd for everything right away, is this little line that I was told many years ago and never forgot. When we buy a personal item, ask yourself three times, do I need this? Do I need this? Do I really need this? I think the translation is understandable. And we think we need to run to Todd the first week, ask yourself three times, do I really need to go now? 
do I really need to go now? Or can I wait? Perhaps some of you will need to go right away. And then there are possible temptations for Todd. I have to make up for my absence. I have to work 60, 70 hours a week to make it up, which of course is impossible. I have to respond to every email. I have to fix the bumps in the congregation from the last three months. Pastors think about those things sometimes, and they're in front of us, just like the temptation to Jesus was in front of him. But last of all, and perhaps most importantly, Todd returns to serious health conditions in our congregation. and to a grieving family with the loss of our dear friend, Al Shirk. In the midst of these, two to three of you have reminded me that there are more important health concerns than your own. Todd was able to visit Al and Ruth Ann on Thursday before entering a two-day re-entry retreat. And he said to me, I wanted to be able to speak with Al. And Al and Ruth Ann, of course, wanted that as well. So while any of us, or all of us, have times we are looking to make an acceptable return to something personal, or maybe to someone, or maybe to a situation at work or a relationship, to find wholeness and healing, Now, Al has experienced an acceptable return to his maker, from whom nothing can separate us from the love of our maker, our creator, restoring God. An acceptable return, indeed. Amen.